1: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build Up, with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Couture wins the draw. Meyer's got it, Meyer turns, Meyer shoots, it's blocked, it's LeBanc, why didn't he shoot? He does shoot, save made, rebound! Where is it? Backhand chance by Hurdle, stopped by Ranta, and the game is over. Final score, the Hurricanes 2 The Sharks won. This was an entertaining game from start to finish, but the relentless pressure of the Carolina Hurricanes finally forced the Sharks to crack.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, that was one thing I was thinking about this week is, you know, the last two years have been a really condensed schedule, and, and you didn't have to sit on a loss for very long because you are playing every other day, and, and um, you know, obviously we had a weird schedule to start the year, but, but um, you know, you lost two games, you have to sit on it for, for a whole week, and having said that, you get to work on, on your game, you get to improve on, on, on certain things that you do, and so you, there's a benefit to it, but uh, it's also nice to just get right back in the saddle and and, uh, and uh, write the so, um, I think we're uh, we're grateful for another
2: opportunity tomorrow. You know, we'll get some rest tonight and, and come out flying tomorrow.
0: All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome, welcome. As we get ready for tonight's game against Chicago, we are going to be honoring Doug Wilson, of course, the most successful general manager in the history of the San Jose Sharks and one of the most successful general managers in the history of North American sports. The run of success that the San Jose Sharks had under his watch. Um, You know, pretty hard to match, and you would hope that Mike Greer can just take it the next step beyond that and put the Sharks back into that place where they are one of the top teams in the NHL and consistently vying for Stanley Cup titles and winning Stanley Cup championships. So let's hope that becomes our reality sooner rather than later because, you know, with an 0-3 start to the season, it's not been great for the San Jose Sharks. Of course, it hasn't been great so far for Chicago in their young start to the season. They are 0 and 2. And this is again a Chicago team that I do not, and I'm not saying this try to be negative or anything, but I don't rate them as being a, you know, remarkable team. And I think this is a good test for the Sharks to figure out if they can bounce back from what was a loss against a team that I don't have that much trouble with them losing to. Uh, my issue was the way they lost to them. I'll more on that in a moment. Uh, but this is a team that they ostensibly should beat in their own house. Chicago is a not a horrific team, but this is a team that the Sharks should beat. So if the Sharks want to take steps in the right direction, this is something that I've been talking about over and over and over, then they need to beat a team like this. This is a must-win game in the sense that they're at home. They are better than the opposition. This is a game where they should walk away netting two points and I don't accept anything else from that. Now, whether or not that actually happens, that's yet to be seen. You gotta play the 60 minutes and maybe some more on the ice to see what can happen, but this is a team that the Sharks should beat. Now, alluding to last night and what we saw, I mean, that was just a frustrating game and it was, uh, you know, the power play, that's where you gotta start. If you get that many opportunities to go on the power play and you walk away empty-handed, you are not going to have much success. I don't think I'm breaking any news in that capacity, but the power play spent most of the night pinned in their own ends and they just couldn't get anything going. 0-5 on the night. Granted, the other side of the coin is they did stop all of the power plays from Carolina, so that's good that the penalty kill is doing its thing as we expected them to after a strong year last year, but... You need to take advantage of those power play situations. If you're going to outdraw the opposition, that gives you a greater chance to win the special teams battle. And right now, the Sharks' power play simply not getting it done. It's looked disorganized. It has looked ineffective. It has looked not cohesive enough as of yet. And I understand that they're overloading that top unit, but... I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing things spread around a little bit just to see if they can, you know, create more chances over the course of the first two minutes. But you know, while I say that, it's not like one unit has been creating that much more than the other. They have both looked relatively ineffective up to this point of the season. So, you know, we will see what happens. Obviously, David Quinn is still figuring out there is, you know, beyond some of the top lines in the NHL, there is never a team that doesn't change things around and try and shuffle guys about. You haven't had up out there, which is uh, a guy that'll be nice to get when he is back in uh, in the Sharks' fold. And you're also looking at guys just to evolve and understand their roles and their systems a little bit more. It's something we talked about last night after the game. Both Tomasz Hurdle and head coach David Quinn were asked whether or not guys are still getting used to the overall system, whether it's power play and beyond, that David Quinn is trying to implement. Uh, this is what Tomáš Hrdle had to say.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. It's about the system. It's more about us, you know. I think we've been... <laughs> I mean, even the second game against Nashville, preseason, we kind of keep it simple. Just go there and be strong. We, we just didn't spend time in ozone. You know, every time we try, no look passes. You know, and then we should hold more park, be stronger, make them tired. Maybe another line jump and just and keep rolling, kind of what they do us to us. You know, and I think um, when we, we don't, we just we don't spend any time in ozone, which is you know, it's tough.
0: And at this point, Tomasz Hurdle, he has to be putting the blame on himself and on others. And I understand, he doesn't want to make excuses. He doesn't want to try and, you know, say that, oh, this is not a team that's capable of doing what we're being asked to do. I mean, he wears the A for a reason. Everybody looks at Tomasz Hurdle and recognizes that he's a guy that has to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. If he acknowledges that they're not getting the system, that's going to be a bad look. And Hurdle's smart enough to know that. He's not going to do anything to put the team... In a negative light, but I think it's pretty clear to everyone that guys are still figuring things out, and that's to be expected. The problem is is when you have a team that does not have the high-end talent as the team you're going up against, sometimes if you make those mistakes, if you make those errant passes, if you make these bad plays, like turning it over in your own end, like you know having trouble uh, getting things going on the power play, um, it's going to put you in, in a losing position, even if you play as hard as they did last night against Carolina. I mean, again, You've only given up one goal in the waning moments of the third period. That's a game you should win. You only give up two goals over the entirety of the game. That's a game you should win. Unfortunately, that's not what we saw. This is what head coach Quinn had to say.
3: Uh, maybe, you know, maybe. But I also think overall, we've just got to have more urgency. We've got to have an idea of what we're going to do with the puck before we get it. We've got to have a more north mentality when we have it um you know we show flashes of it i thought in prague but not much tonight and uh like i said i mean we'll get better at it i mean i got a lot of faith in this group and that being said it's 1-1 with you know two minutes to go
0: And all of these things are stark realities for the San Jose Sharks this year, last year, and one year ago. It was actually something I talked about with Sheng Peng yesterday, asking him about a lot of the shared vocabulary used between head coach David Quinn as well as Bob Bugner. They talk a lot about the same game, and we point back to what Bob Bugner did with the Sharks to try and reinvigorate their mentality and overall ability to stick up for each other as a team.
1: Oh, sure, sure. No, I think that's an excellent uh, question. Uh, uh, well, every every coach wants a team that's hard to play against. Uh, what I will say is that uh, <clears throat> Bob Buckner was not given a team that was uh, naturally as hard to play against as David was. I think Bob would have liked to have coached this team uh, with Brent Burns too, but Bob would have liked to have coached some of the forwards that uh, Mike Rear got at uh, David Quinn, guys like Luke Hewnan and uh, Stephen uh, Lawrence and uh, just... Guys who are uh, great at winning puck battles, Uh, even Matt Benning, uh, types like that. Uh, Bob didn't have those guys at his disposal. He had to make do with uh, a lot of younger players that were skilled, you know, probably more skilled in terms of putting the puck in the net than, say, uh, 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 Stephen Lawrence. But... They weren't winning puck battles at the rate that a Stephen Lawrence was that we saw in uh, the, the second game against Nashville when Lawrence was put up with a Couture and LeBanc. And so I would say that's the biggest difference there, whereas every every coach wants a, a team that's hard to play against. But I think that David Quinn has been given a few more parts in that department than uh, Bob did uh, last year. And actually, that's a credit to Bob, by the way, I'll say that Bob was able to mold the Sharks, especially in the first half of last season into a team that was uh, throughout the early part of the season, uh, a a, a challenge to, 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 to go up against.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just to make a, you know, cross-sport comparison, I would, if things go the right way for the Sharks, I would hope people would point to what Bob Bugner was able to do with that squad, the same way that people point to Mark Jackson and how he changed some of the identity with the Warriors and what they turned into. Obviously, when you have a generational talent like Steph Curry, changes things a little bit, but you know, <laughs> yeah. the the evolution of a team rarely occurs in, you know, just under one coach, there's usually sure. a build-up. We could make the comparisons to the 49ers and what they were from Mike Singletary eventually to what they were under Jim Harbaugh and, you know, the talent acquisition. And, you know, we can get to a much wider ranging discussion there. Um, what do you think was the issue with a uh, overall, what we saw from Noah Gregor in game number one, because Gregor, I usually describe his, him as an effort guy, but it seemed like he couldn't get involved with the game at all.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, uh, David Quinn uh, said it uh, pretty clearly when we asked him about it. Uh, David said, and and there's been a lot of emphasis uh, uh, with Quinn. I mean, like I said, this will be under any coach, but uh, David has made a point of saying it many, many times, uh, more so than I remember any other coach saying so. But David has made a point of wanting players to play to their strengths, uh, whatever they are. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned, I know Gregor's strengths are, his speed, his physicality. And, you know, you allude to uh, maybe Gregor not being involved so much in the first game. And th- that's the fact that you didn't see uh, Noel Gregor involved as much in his first game. But that suggests exactly what Quinn said, that we didn't see that speed and physicality so much. Now, you know, why exactly we didn't see it, you know, that could could be a lot of different reasons, right? Obviously, starting in Europe is really strange for all of these players and so that that could have been a part of it a a million reasons why it didn't work out for Noel in that sense in the in the in in the first game but um that's i think what was missing and hopefully uh the, the sharks see that soon from him
0: jumping off on that point on noah greger i thought he was much better last night than he was in game number one was much more involved and did a better job of making himself involved to me that was the big difference that we saw in game number one versus game number three is that he just you know wasn't really a part of things in game 1 and he was much more into the fray in game 2 of the year, or excuse me, game 3 of the year, game 2 for him, but the fact of the matter was over and over last night the sharks could not sustain anything on offense and there were a number of reasons for that Uh, They were challenged at the blue line every single time they had a zone entry, and that was really because the the, the Carolina Hurricanes did a great job of making the Sharks uncomfortable in the neutral zone. I mean, that's the, the number one rule of hockey. You know, whoever controls the neutral zone controls the game because the Sharks could not get anything in any sort of a good position entering the offensive zone. I mean, I noticed that unless they had a really, really good quick transition that it was not going to be in offensive possession that led to much of anything, and then you get into the whole idea of the lack of sustained possession over and over and over and over again, and that's again something that the Sharks need to rectify as they get deeper and deeper into the year. Well, it wasn't just that play. I thought throughout, you
3: know, most of the game, our decision making through the neutral zone, the turnovers just really fueled their offense, and you know, we just got to play faster. We have to play faster, and we will. We'll, we will. I'm, you know, I'm I got a lot of confidence in our group, and. You know, i got faith that we're going to dust ourselves off and get ready for tomorrow and, you know, uh, learn lessons from tonight. That's what we're going to have to do. We've got to learn lessons. And, you know, we learn to keep it a little bit more simplistic when maybe we're a little bit tired and, you know, not beat ourselves. We'll be in a much better position to win hockey games.
0: And like I referenced earlier, the fact that the Sharks just shot themselves in the foot last night. I mean, by turning the puck over so often, by not really being able to create much offensively, by having so many opportunities on the power play and just, Getting manhandled. I mean, that was the thing that we saw time and time again last night, which led to overall not, you know, not being able to do much offensively. And again, this is four goals through three games. And yes, they have had worse starts to the season offensively. uh, But in my opinion, I mean, the past is the past. We're talking about the here and now. I honestly am not too concerned with what the Sharks have done in the past or whether or not this is their worst offensive start to the season. They need goals now. They need wins now. They need to be capable of identifying what a team like Carolina did so well
2: yeah they've been on us you know really hard, and especially in second we you know they've been all over us and and we we just beat ourselves you know we we have to spend more time in ozone hold the parks every time we get to the zone we kind of lost it they they go there and they spend time and and it's, it's and it's hard you know when you when you play a lot of d zone it's tough to get some some ozone because you're tired, but you know we still we still could get a game you know it's tough you know kind of tough luck, it you know two minutes left goal because we still somehow holding up and, you know, try to take it one point, but you know, we know we have, to be, we have to be better.
0: Hurdle was also asked about the power play, which for the time being is something in dire need of correcting for the Sharks.
2: Just maybe you know, be, be stronger, you know, when we get back, you know, don't hesitate, just go like it's five and five and, uh, you know, I think we actually have all preseason even, I think we have some like really good looks and now we feel like we overcomplicate things and we have to just get easy get the dirty goals and that's you know that's what will get us going because right now you know we score what, three games you know four goals and and that's not enough so you know the power play has to help the team win the games the good news folks
0: is it's three games into the year and i try not to overreact even if you do hate losses like you saw last night we all want to see the sharks play better. We want to to see them post wins, especially at home because they are about to go out onto the road. This is going to be a challenging stretch for the Sharks as they go into that Eastern time zone. First, they're going to be playing the Islanders. Then it's going to be at the Rangers. Then it's at the Devils. Then it's at the Flyers. They're not back home until Tuesday the 25th when they're hosting the Golden Knights. So the Sharks, they don't want to get buried early on, right? I mean, I know that this is not a team that we are expecting to be Contending for a Stanley Cup, although I certainly would not say it's impossible because miracles do happen, but you should not be, you know, hoping for a miracle as your team's best chance of success. To me, the Sharks, as they stack up this year, are a quote-unquote bubble team until they are not. And that is that I would like them to stay in in contention as long as possible until that's no longer a reality for the Sharks, similar to what they did last year. And last year, they were able to stay into contention pretty much until that road trip that led into the break. And there were some tough, um, you know, just calls that happened to them or non-calls that happened to them on that trip last year uh, on the East Coast before they went uh, into the Olympic break. But you know what? That was a year ago, and you want to see things change. I mean, one of the things the Sharks did very well when we look at a year ago is their penalty kill got back into where we expected it to be, and their overall goalie situation saw a stark improvement. Right now, you have a better defense. You have a penalty kill that still looks very, very good. The problem is you do not have, beyond the goalies, the penalty kill, and the defense, a team that is putting things together. They're... You know, it's interesting because you need just as much cohesion on defense as you do on offense. And right now you have some really strong-minded, tough players out there for the Sharks who do make it hard to score against you. Again, you gave up three goals in Game 1 to Nashville, plus an empty netter. You gave up three goals in Game 2 to Nashville. You gave up two goals in Game 3 to Carolina. This defense knows what they're doing right now, and that is a promising sign because that will allow them to stay in games. Beyond that... You need to be able to put goals in the back of the net. And that's another issue is that, you know, other than one goal from Tomas Hurdle and one goal from Logan Couture, you're not seeing big-time contributions from the other guys. And you need more goals from Tomas Hurdle. You need more from Logan Couture. You need more from Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc, Nick Benino. We can go down that list. These are guys that all need to be contributing. And that is no surprise to head coach David Quinn, who was asked about this last night after the game.
3: Yeah, I mean, as you just alluded to, a lot of teams can say that. And, uh, you know, listen, your top players have to be your best players. I don't care what sport you're in, and everybody knows it. And, you know, we've got some really good players. And, you know, it's very early. It's uh, Losing sucks, (laughs) but we're not going to let tonight get in the way tomorrow night. We're going to get ourselves uh, situated, get some rest, and be ready to go
0: tomorrow night. Now if we base what we've already seen this season, the Sharks were able to bounce back much better from one game to the next uh, in the back-to-back that we already saw. So hopefully that is what we're going to see tonight for the San Jose Sharks, that they are able to be that much better, that much more effective, and that much more capable of having a good night. And you also want to give the fans a good show on Doug Wilson night. This is going to be a memorable night in Sharks history. We all want to pay attention to everything that's been going on with everything in the Sharks world. You know, how we got here to the point that we are doing this reset and trying to get the team back into top contention. And that's because Doug Wilson had this team in contention for so very long. But... You know, that doesn't negate the fact that you need Eric Carlson to be Eric Carlson. You need Timo Meyer and Tomasz Hurdle to be Timo Meyer and Tomasz Hurdle, You need Logan Gature You need Kevin LeBanc. You need Nick Bonino. You need Mark Edward Vlasic. You need these guys to play to the level that they are expected of being able to play to. And if the Sharks get that, you know, even just from a couple of those guys, they're going to find themselves in a much more successful situation. You know, if they don't win tonight against a team like Chicago, then it is, you know, I'll admit it'll be a little bit distressing. But I keep on going over the fact that while you are judged by wins and losses, you have to look at what one game provides in and of itself versus three games under a new head coach versus what we'll see over the course of 82 regular season games. Teams get better. Teams get worse. Teams make improvements. This is a long season. Not overreacting yet, but I do expect the Sharks to win tonight. All right, that wraps it up for us. I'll see you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.
1: This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.